like every time you talk to someone, they're like, this is like going to change. Like this is changing my life. Basically. Um, I go from like working or doing this like all day to literally it's done in 10 seconds. Like that's kind of, I mean, that's the same level of like, that's like chat GPT stuff. That That's my way of inserting chat. GPT. Oh, I see. Okay. That, we're AI powered. Now. It's like basically chat GPT uh, level <laughs> uh, type stuff. Well, so it's not, but it's the same kind of reaction that people are having, which is like, holy crap, like this used to take me a million years and now I can write a blog in two seconds or whatever. Yeah. If, so, if chat GPT was built to address the needs of tens of people, tens of businesses, then <laughs> it's just the exact same. Exactly. One characteristic emerged as a significant predictor of success. It was grit. What's up? Ah, yeah, there it is. I actually kind of, I opened it a little bit first. So you get that first like, like, you know what I mean? I Oh, you missed that. I I, I ruined it. I I missed it. Well, you gotta, you gotta cheat because otherwise it'll take you 20 minutes to open it live. So I I don't have anything to open, but I have the, so what do you got there? in the can i got a a white claw because i'm trying to be healthier crushing it well in the same vein i guess i have a uh phony negroni if you can what is that it's i don't like i don't like what i'm hearing already it's a non-alcoholic cocktail pretty cool it tastes amazing i don't i don't know yeah it tastes great this is what it looks like. I, I how poured much sugar it out, obviously. It? How much sugar you got in there? None? It's a, a decent... No, it's not sugar-free. It's a bit sugary. It's like 10 grams or something. Not so bad. Like, well, we're not going to give you liquor, but like we're going to drug you with sugar. I have been like every, almost every time we go out, which is maybe like once every month or something, um, I, I do get a Negroni most times and i used to not do that i was never i was more of a whiskey person but now but boulevardier is one of my go-tos yeah yeah or mezcal negroni also good what but yeah anyway i figured part of the i guess we can i'll segue into our personal updates quick personal stuff so part of the reason is because our three-year-old the middle child is waking up is like rarely sleeping um the whole night without coming to our door coming to our bed so it's the little sleep that I'm getting. I'm like, I gotta, I can't, I can't risk it with like even a couple, a drink or two. It's just like, uh, I need this precious hours. So the phone yeah, you think that it would be do. the opposite of that, right? It's like, oh, it's so stressful. I'm so tired. I just need something to relax me. Well, that's and, how, that's how it is actually like the at opposite. this time. Yeah. Like at this hour, I'm like, Ooh, I could, I could take a little, like have a little bourbon or something. And then, but then when I'm sleeping or waking up at two in the morning, I'm like, Oh gosh, what's happening? Yeah. So. No, you learn that like pretty quickly into having a kid. I think most people know that where it's like the first, like, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks or whatever. You're like, Oh, I'm going to like chill and have a drink, you know, just like you always did before. And then you're woken up at like two in the morning. You're like, Oh yeah, this feels terrible. I'm never doing this again. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's too delicate. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's happening. Um, but it's all, all in all, it's, it's been fine, but it's like with three, I feel like there's always some, at least one child who's doing something weird at night. So that seems to be the way it's going. Um, that's how it goes. Yeah. But we just took, uh, we took Dallas off the passy. So we're getting that like week to two weeks of the backlash. Him rebel- yeah. The backlash. And so he's, you know, he's waking up like two or three times screaming and, but mostly going back to sleep after like, a few minutes so yeah. as long as he's not waking up the other one you know it's whatever as long as yes, i don't have to get out of, i don't have to like physically get out of bed like that's all that really matters i can sit there yeah. all day and like i have a i have a white noise app on my phone that i'm like i'm probably like the power user of this like it's like way down when you look up like white noise wait you know I, they have I got, so I, I just i just had this discussion with someone you know they have a built-in one right built-in they do. Noise. Yeah, we. I just had this conversation with someone this weekend. Yeah, where? Uh, it's like I th- I forgot where it's like buried under some accessibility or something random. But if you swipe down into the settings things, you can see it in there. So yeah, I use it a lot. Yeah, because the white noise apps are like such garbage. Um, so yeah, I use like I turn it, it to all you. the way up so that there's nothing I can possibly hear, and I put it right next to my ear. 
So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we that's have what one we in our. Now. We just we just like leaned. We started doing that with the second kid, and then we got we got like a lofty alarm clock, which has a built-in noise machine. So now it's on our bedside. Nice. Um, For yeah, all you what else? people Personal. that haven't had parents or haven't had kids, you gotta you better have like ten white. We have like eight white noise makers. And air. Oh yeah, it's like the kids pur- have and one. Air purifiers that are one. basically the same yeah. thing. <laughs> oh my no, god! It's, and I even I'll even play one sometimes, like when I'm working, um, just to like, I don't know. It makes me feel like focused or something. It's like a little like placebo effect, I think. Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, you just yeah. So sleeping is not going great, but otherwise. Oh, and I yeah. So I went to Big Snow Tiny Conf. That was like a. I guess that's like a personal update, sort of, because I went. Um, which was essentially, it's like a retreat, I guess, uh, with, I think there were 11, 11 uh, of us total up in Stowe, Vermont going skiing. Um, and it was awesome. Like, first of all, it was awesome. Cause I got to go skiing. So that was like, I think I ended up, I put my name on the list on the site, um, a while back probably. And cause I was like, this sounds like a great, a cool event that's different from something I've ever done. And also I get to go skiing. So um, which I haven't been skiing in like six years. So it was good. Good to get back no, out there. We no actually got snow. Like, no, I've snowboarded a little bit, but I'm, I don't get enough opportunities to go and I'm not good enough at like, it's so hard. I'm much better at skiing. So it's like, I don't want to yeah. waste my opportunity. Snowboarding is hard. Um, cause it was, it was only two days of, of skiing. So, so yeah, that was awesome. That was a cool event. It was basically like, uh, yeah, like a retreat and we had a chef at, at the Airbnb, which was super nice. Um, and each person just had like about an hour slot to like walk through whatever's going on in their world and get like input and feedback from the group. Um, so it was a really nice, it's like the only thing that I've ever done similar, the only couple things I've ever done similar to that are like in high school, we did like retreats, which are obviously not mm-hmm. the same, um, but similar like vibe, I guess. And then um, like when we worked at our last company, Rigor, like we would do kind of that stuff, but it was like inside the company when we were smaller, like we would all go to like the lake or something, but this was kind of a cool, like to do it with a bunch of people from different companies and different scenes. It was nice to get outside input. I mean, it's basically like a mastermind, but retreat thing. Yeah. So, um, so I really enjoyed that. That was really fun. And it got, it definitely got me like, I mean, you and I had, had like had some 2023 planning call before that, so I, some of that was kind of like fodder for what I ended up talking about. And it was definitely good to like, I wouldn't say there was like anything there that I hadn't thought about necessarily, but it was good to get like, I kind of attributed different weights to those different avenues after hearing outside input, maybe is the right way to say it. Like it helped me kind of recalibrate my thinking a little bit and also got me a little more energized, I would say. So we should just like, maybe not like every year, but just be like, Hey, uh, you know, five to 10 other people. Do you want to go to well, this thing? Well, that's the other thing go? is like, it was, it's like, if you can get a crew together, it's like fairly straightforward. Cause you're not booking. It's like a small group. You're not doing a whole conference. You're just like booking a house or something. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was the other thing I took away was like, it would be, I know we've talked about that in, in concept. So I think it'd be cool to do something like that. Um, with people we know around town, go up to like the mountains or something. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome. There's, there used to be a, or I think there still is for like, it's like more of a sales one, except for they go to like a, I think they go to Hawaii and they go to like a, they just surf and just like hang out and it's just oh, all like sales. That's quite people. a, that's quite a trick. I know. Um, that's the other thing is like for me as a, I know most of the people there have, I think almost everybody had kids and maybe one or two people didn't have kids and were like trending in the like thirties mid thirties to four early forties age weight range. Mm-hmm. So like, I think, uh, we all had similar, like, you know, constraints and stuff for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them had, uh, it, it was a mix of like kids ages. So I think that'll shift as the kids get older, probably the ability to like go a little farther away would be probably easier, but yeah. Yeah. I but think yeah, it, it, was, be, it was awesome. That would be awesome. I also sometimes just want to do like my own, like, I just want to, Sometimes I just want to go by myself somewhere. <laughs> like I've never, I, no, I've talked to be weird, but I think it would be cool. No, I don't we, think it would. I, I've talked to Claire about doing this, like, like a one, like leave midday and come back midday the next day or something. And just like 
have a whole, I have like 24 to 36 hours of just like you're in, you just fall down whatever rabbit hole you like pursue and you don't have to think. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, I'm not you sure how well that you, would actually go, but yeah. Cause you're always doing like, you're either working or you're doing kid stuff. So you're like, it's kind of like a, you know, your two jobs and you're doing them all the time until you go to sleep and then wake up and do it again. And, and then you're I, never caught up, but yeah. you never will be caught up. So I think that's the, game. yeah, but we, so I, when I was in Nashville with Tony first night, we we're at this bar, saw a bunch of people, you know, out or whatever. Next night we go to this other bar and the guy sitting next to us, were like, did we see that guy at the bar last night? And he also was by himself at the same bar right next to us <laughs> at like a different bar. And we were like, who is this guy? So Tony started talking to him and, uh, yeah, he's literally like, he went to Nashville by himself and he says he does it every single year. And he's like, got, you know, he has like three kids. They're like in like middle school, high school. And he's like, I've been doing this for like over a decade where my wife just lets me go and I just go by myself. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting, like almost, and, and I think you could like batch up like certain types of work to do on like a self retreat or like an isolation, whatever you want to call it. Isolation sounds kind of like a punishment, but, um, some sort of like jail, I don't know. Yeah. Exploration thing. And you can just dive in and go. Cause I mean, I even did that the other night, like just at home where I just decided to like, I'm going to start working on this after the kids go to bed and I'm not going to stop until I'm done, Mm -hmm. which I almost never do now. Cause it's like, it's so delicate. Like I literally was still working when Sloan got up in the middle of the night. <laughs> which is not ideal, but was actually less annoying because I was already awake. But um, there is something to that, I think, periodically just kind of like, at least for me, just being like, I'm just going to start and go wherever this thing goes and just finish the thing and like not not have to stop. So I mean, can I you imagine we'll the, Maybe we'll... Can you, can you imagine like being able to work like without any, distra- any sort of uh, life distractions in some other city... And then like, and you know, work till, you know, whenever four or five and then just like casually venture out to get a drink. <laughs> like this, this concept no. is like foreign to me at this point, but yeah. it sounds amazing. No, it it sounds amazing. One night sounds great. I like think I'm happy. I'll do the one night thing. Like let's yeah. just like I'm one just night or one full day or something. Yeah. Yep. Just yeah. Leave. Totally. Yeah. I think, I think you're cool. right. Like leave midday, go to, you know, go somewhere within like a two hour, two, three hour distance, um, like Greenville or, you know, I don't know. Chattanooga or something. Chattanooga. Yeah. yeah, Something like that. And then just, yeah, that sounds amazing. I think I'm going to, I'm going to pitch that. I'm going to go write up a a deck and pitch it to Tony after this. Yeah. I don't, this is probably getting too, (laughs) too far off the, but I'm like, it would almost be a cool, like benefit to offer too. I don't know if people would like, it's such a personal thing that maybe people would be like, I don't want that benefit. That's not a benefit. Um, Yeah. Well, some people don't like but being it, alone, you know, it's like some people hate that, but I would, I, I like it. It's, it has benefits and downsides, but I mean, for, for one or two days, I think it's like, it'd be great, but especially on the development side, I just feel like there's so much stuff that's like, I got to go in and figure out what the thing is before I can start doing it. And sometimes I'm just like, I can't like, you just want to do it all at once sometimes. So we could just say we can pick some date or some like range of like a couple months and say next year we're for sure going to like, we're going to do something within these two months and we'll just build some list of other people we, we would want to go like entrepreneurs and stuff and just plan it and do it. Yeah. I think we should, I think we should plan like our own version of something like that. Cause I think it was pretty valuable. Um, and I think it's like one of those things where I feel like often it's like the, well, and, and I mean, for me, some of it too was like, I haven't been to even a conference since 2019. I was thinking about that because we went to microconf and then yeah. it was like the pandemic and all that. So it's like, we haven't even, but, but even aside, aside from that, it's, uh, I think it's like, sometimes the mastermind thing can feel like too big of a commitment. I think like, it's mm-hmm. like, oh shoot, I got to go to this thing like every week or month, which there's value to that obviously. But there's some, I think there's something interesting to this, like once a year with the same general group. Cause, uh, that's the other thing is most of the group goes every year. So it's like, there were only two or three new people, mm-hmm. me being one of them. So it's a lot of them have a lot of context year over year, like with what's going on. Um, yeah, but it's kind of cool that you like meet once a year and then like pro- probably like talk through different channels over the course of the year. But 
uh, I kind of like that model. So anyway, yeah, I'm down to do it. And I, I always like, don't want to do the, these like groups of people and these masterminds. And then every time I do them, I'm like happy that I did it. And I always like have, but a I also feel like there's I'm, a, there's like a diminishing return thing where like, yeah, you go once and it's like, that was incredible. And then you go twice and you're like, yeah, it's good. Or maybe it's even a little bit better the second time. And then like third time is it kind of peaks somewhere in there. And like after a while you're like, it's already time to do that again. Like I just did that. I have nothing else to say. Uh, at least this is my experience. Yeah. Well, that's why. Uh, or like the, there's like the one person who like monopolizes the conversation. Like you start to sort of like uncover people's weird things and be annoyed by them. And it's like, oh gosh, this thing is like, it's almost like they should yeah. have them be like, it's time, it's time like capped. Like it's yes, we'll go monthly, but it's like you go monthly for three, three months and then you go once every six months for a year and then you go once a year or something like taper it off and you have to keep the group like very like very curated because yeah. like you said i joined one that's once part of it yeah. and there was a couple people that i really like enjoyed meeting and like we're now you know we'll get drinks and stuff all the time and that's mainly that's basically what we do now like we don't go to like some meeting we just go get drinks or whatever but um there was a couple people that were just like oh my gosh like Stop talking. <laughs> like, well, yeah, just, and that's what's weird about it is like, it's, it's weird that it's exclusive, but that's yeah. what also makes it good. So it's kind of yeah. weird. But clubs. Yeah. What about you? Anything on the? I know you had some work done on the house or anything. Yeah, just a lot of work on the house. Uh, we got our yeah, we got the top floor. Like we had a leak and we had to get. You have to get the entire floor redone when you have a leak in one small place. So. Uh, we basically had to move out of the top level of our house, but luckily we had our basement done like months, a couple months ago. So now just, just in time, we just yeah. basically yeah. moved down there for a week. So that's basically it. Yeah. We haven't been doing much, um, outside of that, but, uh, but yeah, we've had, you know, a lot going on on the company front cause we're doing some new things. Um, so I don't, yeah, so I guess, yeah, we, we, I've spent enough oxygen on my side, so let's jump into it. Yeah. So we, I thought we would talk about the, tw we've been doing some like 2023 planning. Uh, I say we sometimes like we've been kind of bad about doing sort of these, uh, like grouping up and doing these planning sessions, whether it's on an annual basis or, you know, something more granular than that, like weekly or monthly, We'll kind of, we'll do it for a couple months or do it once. And then we just, then we, we don't keep it up. So we're trying to get that ironed out a little bit and get some sort of consistency there. Um, especially if we start to do, like we start to do more businesses, we start to build, um, more products. We need to do that. Um, because if we don't, then it'll be, it just gets super disorganized, um, and just insane. So trying to figure out some better ways to do that. So you've been like working on setting up like periodic meetings that we're having together and with the team and, and stuff like that. And like what we're talking, what, what's talked about in those meetings and metrics and, you know, that sort of thing, uh, getting into that sort of thing again, yeah. um, <laughs> which we stepped business. away from. Yeah. We business used to, stuff in our last, our last company before we started our own company, you know, we were like a lot of the companies you probably like see on Twitter or that you've been a part of before, <laughs> or you see on LinkedIn where they, every, there's a million metrics for everything and you track it and you track it every single week and you have meetings about it every week and every month and every quarter and every, you know, year and all these different things. Um, and we're trying to just find a happy medium bef between doing nothing and just being this like very bootstrapped, like we don't do any of those meeting type things. We don't, you know, we just knock it out and, uh, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Execute some, yeah. somewhere between that and, uh, and the craziness of like tracking everything is kind of, of what like we're trying to get formal to. OKRs. Like not, yeah. I don't want to go that far, but it feels like there's a tendency to like, as that stuff gets introduced, people start sort of like treating it as, the the like the focal point kind of thing it becomes like the the guiding principles of the business or can or for it or even for just for individuals or teams like this metric is what we always talk about now i'm going to like do whatever it takes to move the metric but like maybe that's not optimal like on a broader scale or across teams or whatever so i think that's my personal version 
I mean, that's one sort of fear I have about it is like never wanting something that I'm using to sort of measure the health of something. Like let's say conversion rates on like website visitors or something into leads. Like if that's a number we're looking at to understand the health of our business, it doesn't mean that's a number we should like only ever think about how to make that number better. Right. I mean, honestly, that number probably should just be always be better. But like if you, you might be like casting aside other things that might be priorities in, in like service of this random metric you decided. So that's my, that's always my fear. And then also like there's overhead of doing some of that stuff. Right? Yeah. I, I remember that's that my coming a thing where it's like fear. spend like <laughs> six hours, like putting together all these freaking reports with like all this crap that some of which doesn't really matter. And some people are going to argue about it. And it's like, what are we even talking about? Um, so that's the other part, but I mean, we're not, we're nowhere close to that. I think it's good to kind of pull some of that stuff back in. I was looking back at like, we've done, we've done like a mixture of different like approaches and stuff. We usually do like a kickoff for the year um, in some form. And then we kind of like that stuff sort of flows through the different processes in the, in the company. But yeah, the way we like handle ongoing stuff is usually more ad hoc. I think in part, cause we're just usually pretty asynchronous, which I think is a feature, but I also think there's ways to do a lot of this stuff um, in an asynchronous way, as long as you just make it like routine. Um, so I think that's what we're, we're trying to do. So maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll, uh, as we kind of like hash it out, maybe we can share some templates or something. Um, if there's anything worthwhile, cause I'm trying to, I'm always trying to like, you go in, especially for we're using notion for like the content and there's so many templates and like so many of them look really cool, but you get in and it's the same thing where I'm, it's like the, you know, you end up spending all your time, like creating this delicate architecture of tables and pages and notion. And it's like, what am I even doing? Like, can I just do a bulleted list with some numbers? Like, I don't know. So I'm always trying to balance out like having this super well-architected notion structure versus just being like, just write the number down and move on. Like the value is in like the knowing and the talking and not the like looking backward forever and everything. So. All right, let's break away to talk about our sponsor this week. Uh, our sponsor is Bunjuro.com. And this is a product that I've been using for probably the last five years. Um, it's amazing video product where you can really engage with your customers on a little bit higher level than just constantly sending them you know, text-based emails. Um, for us, this has worked well with uh, Intercom. So anytime that a new user signs up on Intercom, we have an integration set up with Bonjoro where it will automatically send over uh, a little kind of task within the Bonjoro app. So the new user and all the new user's information, such as their name and email address, will automatically be sent from Intercom to Bonjoro. And it will show up as a task for me to be able to record a video, a personalized video, you know, welcoming that person uh, to ad reform. And so the way that this works is when those get sent over to Bunjuro, Bunjuro has uh, a mobile app. And so whenever I get time throughout the day, you know, I often take a walk in between uh, different things that I'm doing um, or just any time that I'm sort of like on the move, I'll open up my Bunjuro app. I'll look through to see if there are any new users that it has set as a task. And if there are, I'll record a, you know, a quick kind of uh, maybe 20 to 30 second uh, video and send it off to that person. And I can go through probably about five of those just real quick, you know, on a quick walk. Um, and I'll just get to them whenever I can, right? In, you know, on these walks and things in between. So it's, you know, while it does require a little bit uh, a little bit more effort. They do have a, the ability to do kind of sort of like automatic videos, but I actually prefer to take a little bit more time and personalize it. I think that, you know, it, it goes the extra mile and the customer notices. Um, often I get responses that are like, you know, most of the time they're like, what is this thing? What did you use to do this? This is awesome. We want to do it for our customers. Uh, or I'll get, you know, responses like this is, uh, this is amazing. I, you know, great to meet you. Uh, just to be able to get some sort of, um, you know, face-to-face -face, uh, message from the founder just really goes a long way and, and gets the relationship started off the right way. So we love Bonjuro. There's, I have a number of other uh, features around that. And I, they've also released a new testimonial product, which is really cool. Um, so definitely go check it out. It's B-O-N 
J-O-R-O.com. Um, uh, give it a try, and I promise you, you won't regret it. All right, back to the show. So that's like a little bit of like the optimization of like just operations in general, but um, also just trying to experiment with a bunch of different things to see, uh, mostly exper- experiment with things that we haven't tried before. Um, some of that is to do with like uh, like new products and some of it are like just different marketing channels and different marketing experiments that we just haven't even tried yet or haven't really, I mean, we just haven't spent like any reasonable time on them. So, um, if you start something and you stay in some particular space for three to five years, you're going to run into a bunch of like new use cases from potential customers. Um, a lot of which I guess you probably should ignore, but sometimes it might make sense to, to not ignore it. Some of the underlying technology that that we have to do certain things in our platform without a reform. Um, we basically found out about another use case um, in a different industry where that underlying technology is useful for them if we sort of tailor it a little bit. So without like tons of effort, we can build like almost like a new product specifically tailored to that space, which I think is a pretty big space. So for us, it's the... Um, uh, like we t- typically sell to ad agencies, but, and all types of ad agencies, but we, um, with the pharmaceutical ad agency space, there's like this, there's a ton of regulation, like FDA regulations around promotion of any sort of pr- promotional assets, like have, have to go through the ringer from a regulatory standpoint. And, um, it requires a lot of extra, work and like extra tedious work around, uh, taking screenshots of things and sending them off to get basically reviewed and, um, annotated and given feedback on and then back. And then you change those promotional assets and then you take more screenshots of them. You send them back, go through the review, send them back. Like there's just this constant, like, uh, legal review process. And, um, and we just, we found it, we heard this from like one particular, you know, just on some sales meeting basically, um, and thought we could tailor some of the underlying technology that we had to their use case. Um, and we were able to do that, uh, and to the point where they like, were giving us reactions that we hadn't really heard before from people like, you know, you get like, Oh, this is cool or whatever. And then this reaction was like, Holy crap, this like just changed my entire life kind of thing from multiple people at that company. And so you're like, okay, that's a interesting sign. Um, you know, let's go see if this is like, you know, is this something that we can take? Yeah, are you the companies? only person who, who does this on the planet? Yeah. The, well, you know, you can also ask people like, if you start to hear stuff like that in conversation, you know, you can ask those people like, Hey, like, have you worked in similar, you know, it, whether it's a certain role, if it's built for a certain role or built for a certain industry, it's like, have you worked at other companies where this was like a challenge? And in the pharmaceutical ad agency world, it's such a specialized type of ad agency that like they all, there's just like a massive community of people that just keep working at pharmaceutical ad agencies. Um, and so yeah, they, they hop around. Yeah. They hop around and like, they, the only way that they give jobs to these people is if they have that background, because they have to know all these processes that are totally different from every other agency. And so, yeah, they're like, yeah, we've worked at, you know, five other companies, uh, over the last, you know, couple decades or whatever. And every single one of them, same, same exact process, same exact challenges, you know, we'll make intros for you. Uh, this is amazing, blah, blah, blah. So we're like, okay. And then, so then we start, you know, we start reaching out to some different people, different companies that are in that space to see if there's interest. And we're getting the same reaction from like basically everyone that, you know, not that many people, but like you talk to a few companies and you get the same reaction. Uh, you kind of feel like you're onto something. So we, you know, you and the, the rest of the dev team have been working on that, you know, like building that product out, um, and tailoring it you know, more and more to that use case. And then we just, you know, we agree that like, Hey, we should probably like 
really try to go get a bunch of customers in this area or at least go talk to a bunch of people and see if we're still getting this reaction at scale, you know, from dozens of companies instead of just, you know, like a few. And so my, yeah, over the past couple of weeks, I've been starting to like, you know, dig back into the prospecting, which I've done periodically over the course of the last, you know, five years or whatever. Um, but yeah, getting back into the prospecting, finding the right people, finding the right companies, um, and starting to reach out. We're already getting a lot of meetings. Um, so all, all signs look, look pretty good. I had a call today that was also good. And the person, um, I followed up via email and we were talking about pricing and different things. And, uh, she asked if she could be a private investor (laughs) and I was like, Oh, haven't heard uh, that yet. All right. Yeah. Yeah. She she was like, and I was like, uh, well, yeah, just pay us not right now, but dollars. Yeah, exactly. Like the easiest way you could do that is just being a customer. Um, that would be a way to, to help us. But, um, but yeah, again, that's We're a good getting signal. these kind of reactions that are just like to the to the whole conversation about like what is it like vitamin versus uh, painkiller painkiller what yeah whatever yeah um, I think there's different like levels of that too because you know like at our last company you know I don't think we ever got I don't think anybody ever was like oh my god you know because it well, was like because there were so many yeah there, there were so many so much competition yeah, yeah exactly like there was people in the space and stuff we would get like, Oh, this is cool. Like you kind of get that reaction or uh, like it's the same as I have, but you're cheaper. Great. Like we'll use you guys. But it was never like this, like, you know, Holy shit. Mind stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and even with ad reform, we've had people like, this is awesome. You know, something like that, which is good. And we don't have that much churn so that, you know, people like the, the products, but it's, uh, it's not that same level of like every time you talk to someone, they're like, this is like going to change. Like this is changing my life. Basically. Um, I go from like working or doing this like all day to literally it's done in 10 seconds. Like that's kind of, I mean, that's the same level of like, that's like chat GPT stuff. That That's my way of inserting chat. Oh, I see. Okay. (laughs) We're AI powered. It's like basically chat GPT, uh, level, (laughs) uh, type stuff. Well, so it's not, but it's the same kind of reaction that people are having, which is like, holy crap, like this used to take me a million years and now I can write a blog in two seconds or whatever. Yeah. If, so, if chat GPT was built to address the needs of tens of people, tens of businesses, then <laughs> it's just the exact same. Exactly. But um, yeah, I think I, I find this so is something we've done multiple. I mean, we kind of started like this to, and we have kind of just always done this type of thing where we're sort of like, we get like a, an adjacent use case to what we already solve and we can do like enough of it that whoever comes in is like oh what about this and they open the door to this thing and i find it to be an interesting process to go through because it's like this this balancing act for us to try to like we can build stuff toward it but we also need to get input from enough people in like are there enough prospects in this space to justify spending time on it or is there so little time to spend on it that it just doesn't matter like Oh, it takes us half a day to do the thing. And then like we get one customer, two customers, three customers. All right, fine. It's, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, and then like, what is the long term? Like the thing we think about on the technical side is like, what is the cost of having the extra stuff? You know, there's like a maintenance burden. I mean, it's, it's usually minimal, but not always. Right. So it's like, yeah. I find that whole evaluation to be really interesting to go through when you have a current business with current customers and then you're trying to sort of like expand and reuse stuff. And it's a new pocket of the world you don't know. So like the, we're in like a fun part of that where you're trying, you're like helping us figure out like, is each person who comes in this channel going to be like, yeah, this is great, except I need this customization done. And it's going to be like, oh shoot, suddenly we're going to have all this like customization or are we about to, are we, we just need like three or four reps and then we have like 99% of the use cases covered. So it's a fun, I think it's a fun, um, it's like a fun combination of like the sales and product and engineering side to try to figure it out. So we'll stay yeah. tuned. Hopefully we'll have, I mean, hopefully we'll my, just get a bunch of customers and that'll be cool. Yeah. I mean, that's what I like to do is like find you, you sort of like find these lanes, you know, every once in a while you find one of these lanes and you're like, what is that? And you, I don't know, like it just, it might not work out, but it's, but if it does work out, it could be, you know, it could be a huge level forward for us 
And, and potentially it there could be other things that come yeah, down the line. Branch off in that of space. It. Yeah. 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 Cause if it's, if you think of it like a tree and it's like, you're going from here to here, like there's other branches down here, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. And I think that's why it's useful too, as like an exploration. Cause like now if we get to the end of this and we're like, ah, maybe that was, you know, there wasn't much to that in the end. It's like, we, we may have a few more customers and we just like know way more about this thing that maybe yeah. we never use again, but like, we just, we don't need to think if someone comes in asking about it, we now have an answer for them. So, so our core product with ad reform it is a requirement. We do this thing for people that they have to do because it's a requirement. If they don't do it or they don't do it well, it's not going to be the difference. Like it's not costing them like millions of dollars or anything like that. This on the other hand is like, it's not a legal requirement. I think yeah, that's they, the difference. They have to do it because well, there's two kind of big things here. One is that they have to do it because it is a legal requirement to go through to make sure that everything is perfect on these ads because it can literally be they they would get the pharmaceutical like life company would get penalized. Yeah. Well, life or death, but then also that would mean <laughs> that would mean like lawsuits you know, and all sorts tens of, of millions yeah. of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars in lawsuits. So there's like quite a bit of money to making sure this gets this gets right, and because they because of that, the whole process is so like insane and time consuming and stringent that um, it really holds back like for them getting promotional assets out because this isn't just like advertising; it could be a lot of different things. But for them to get these marketing programs out the door, it takes so long, and so speeding that process up and like getting to market quicker with, you know, whatever their new drugs are, like, I don't know, whatever the thing is, is like pretty significant. So like, and and then same for the agency, like they want to get it out the door too, cause that's how they get paid. So it's like everybody yeah. is incentivized to make sure this moves faster and also gets done, you know, really well, um, and done the right way. So I think Especially in, the, in a field where it's like, when you think about it through that lens, it's like, there's enough hard, like science, challenges with and governmental approval things that you can't really speed up necessarily or i mean yeah. you can try but so for things like this where it's like this has this is just a this is just like an operational process we have to do like this sh if we could make this t take five seconds like it could it and it could just it's like give some inputs get some outputs like we don't it's there's so many things in the process that are so slow and so hard to control the length of that it's like we should make everything else as fast as we can. So it actually, yeah, yeah, it's like an easy kind of like optimization area, I guess. Yeah, I think there's a bunch Hopefully, of, and I guess I'm we'll learning find all about, yeah, there's like all these big players in this space too that are like the sales forces of the world that are massive public companies that like nobody's ever, no heard one's of. ever heard of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, unless you're in healthcare or like pharma, but it's, that's interesting to me because it's like very unsexy. Like no one's, you know, everyone's often G chat GBT land and you're like finding out about this like major problem in this like super stodgy world of yeah. pharmaceutical technology or whatever. And so we've said this a, before, but I think that's part of it too, is that people, they become so, I don't know what, I don't even know how to frame, I, I haven't found a good way to like frame this, but we've talked about this before about people do, they get so sucked into the, like the things they have to do that they don't stop. They don't either don't stop or they don't have an opportunity to stop and like consider if there's a better way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, a lot of them do at some point cause then they'll like find our website. Right. And eventually find us. But a lot of them, it's like they see this and they're like, whoa, this isn't, it's like they haven't, it hasn't even occurred to them that you could just make this go away. Some of yeah. this, right? Uh, which is great well, for they us. People, and they have people telling them like, I mean, today they, they were saying like, you know, we'll talk to like people on like the dev team or, you know, just different people and be like, oh yeah, there's tools for that. Like you can just use like Snagit or whatever. And it's like, no, that's not, that doesn't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's, I don't know, they you hear like a keyword or something and you're just like, Oh yeah, there's screenshot tools out there, but that's not, it has to be like tailored to that specific, very specific use case. Um, so that's why I like it that it kind of gives you a little bit of a moat in a way, because it's like you're doing something, you're tailoring to this, this very specific use case that, um, and like I think only goes, people who are trying to complete that exact tat, like, 
yeah. only competitors well, th- who decided that exactly that thing would even be this, there. Yeah, exactly. This is the whole like vertical software. Like this is the whole play is that, uh, you know, you can be Salesforce and be this thing for like, try to be this thing for everybody or whatever. But like, you could also like tailor it down to just like pharmaceutical companies and have a bill multi-billion dollar, like whatever yeah. this company, this company Viva is basically Salesforce but for pharmaceutical companies and they're worth like $20 billion. And it's like, also the, whatever it's like, the features are, the differentiated features for that vertical, they're like willing to pay whatever. Cause it's just yeah. like, this just makes life a hundred times easier. So yeah, totally. So we'll be soon. We'll be a public company just like Viva. Almost there. Yeah. Almost there. Um, but yeah, so working on that, we have some good progress there. Um, we'll give an update on that in future episodes hopefully we'll you know have like 10 customers soon and um and we're just you know just rolling rolling uh raking it in but um the other thing that i've been working on um on the podcast front i don't know if anyone's seen seen this stuff or not but um i have started doing like tiktok for our podcast uh yeah (laughs) i've heard about it you haven't you haven't seen it, uh, Kyle. You haven't seen it. Yet? Oh, I'm just talking about TikTok in general now. No, I'm just yeah. Kidding. Uh, I've heard so of TikTok, this TikTok and Inst- Instagram Reels and um, YouTube Shorts. Uh, yeah, we've been posting. We've been creating clips, and and it started out with just me. Like I created like five. Like this was like m- months ago, um, just to see how it worked and all that kind of stuff. And then. We got somebody, uh, somebody on our team from the Philippines um, to basically take this task over. So every single time that we, when when this podcast is done, uh, we have like a like a process and template and everything in Notion, and I just send him the YouTube link um, once it's complete, and he goes through and he finds like basically for every episode he finds five interesting clips, um, usually like I don't know. 30 seconds long or something like that. And then he started out just doing like just the clip itself. And then I was like, Hey, can you like look at this other, look at this other stuff that I literally have no idea to do, how to do, but like, you know, somebody's doing this stuff. Cool. So I sent him like a couple different podcasts, like my first million and some of these different ones, um, who are doing clipping with like, I probably more, you know, people that do this for like a, for a living basically. And they add, you know, they'll add in like these images and like, it's just more interactive looking. It's like, um, yeah, more, more entertaining video. And so I was like, Hey, you should look at these. Like, I don't know if you can pull this stuff off, but you know, give it a go. And yeah, he's been like adding all this stuff to it and it looks, I think they look awesome. Um, and so, yeah, we've got a good process down, uh, now for basically just like churning out, five clips per episode, we probably could do more. And I think we can go back through our backlog and start to pull some, like I, those would just be audio clips, but, um, start to pull some of that stuff too and start to put that out. But we're getting, I mean, on some of these videos, we're getting like, like either close to, or like a thousand views or listens or whatever, which I think is, I mean, I think it's pretty, I mean, like it's a not lot. like that great, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it seems like a lot for like not putting anything out and no one knows who we are and it's just like on TikTok and they're watching this stuff and we're getting like likes too. We're getting, which this sounds so stupid, but we're getting, <laughs> we're getting like 200 likes on a, on a video. And, um, I know people have been talking about this forever and like TikTok's crazy and has this crazy algorithm and they, you get so much engagement, but, um, you know, whether it's, it's weird bots or it not, yeah. yeah, it's crazy to see. It's just like, what? Why do people like this? Like what? Is our, yeah. So why I, it'll, do be, it'll be, it'll be cool. Yeah. It'll be cool to see like what, as we do this more routinely, first we have to do the podcast more routinely, but assuming we do that, then uh, we like kind of see if it, I, I like, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it actually translates into like subscribers. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll be fun. It's another, like this one's a more just like for the heck of it experiment, but because we I basically start, do nothing to promote. Like we send out the yeah. occasional tweet and that's pretty much it. So Yeah, um Tony, my wife Tony, uh she she gets on a decent amount of podcasts. Like people just have have her on and she's been doing that for I don't know. Like probably like the last like 5 years or something. She's been getting on a number like sales podcasts and stuff. And um and I was like 
cause she does, she does like no, she has like no social media brand like at all. <laughs> and I just think like in this current economic climate, you probably should like bump up your brand a little bit. Maybe like, you know, just make sure you're out there. Right. Yeah. Um, I think everybody should be doing that, but I was like, you should, if you want, like I could probably, we should just, uh, we should just, you know, pay the, the, uh, the person on our team and, or you, you would pay them and he can, you can give him like YouTube videos and he'll just go clip that stuff up for you. And you could start to put this stuff out on like TikTok and different places and just, it probably will get like way, it'll get like millions times more views than, than our stuff. Um, but, uh, so we might, I might start, uh, or she may start doing that. Um, and we'll see how quickly she passes, surpasses our, uh, yeah, our engagement. Well, speaking of niching quickly. down, we've pretty much, when you niche down to like bootstrap business founder podcasts, <laughs> The total, the TAM is not so, uh, so big, I guess, but I think the TAM is getting good. bigger though. And I think it'll be, I would bet that in it's bigger. We, we still have room to grow inside the market. It's way bigger say. than it was when we started or, you know, five years before that it was like non-existent. Um, I think it's a lot bigger now and I think it's yeah. going to be, it's going to continue to be bigger. Um, you know, as things become less expensive and people like figure out that they, I mean, I, like what were we talking about earlier? Like people have like these one person, like notion template course, whatever businesses like that are crushing, making like a million dollars in like the first year. It's like, what? I do see more and more oh too God. like companies starting podcasts, like for, for their like new business, just having a podcast. I think it's more yeah. and more common. So we'll I think see. It's smart. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I guess we, I also have some like visions of some guests and stuff we're going to bring on this year, hopefully. So We'll try to, I think I say this every time we record, but we'll try to be better. <laughs> yeah, see. for sure. Um, yeah, I need, I have a couple of people that I should get on cause I know it would like, it would raise our, uh, podcast status quite a bit, but, uh, I hate asking people like I, there, well, there are some people I don't mind asking. Then there are other people that would probably raise the status of our uh, <laughs> podcast quite a bit that I hate asking. Cause I'm like, how many people ask this person yeah. to be on their podcast? I don't want to be like, I'm their friend. I don't want to like be the guy that is also asking for them to be on my podcast. Well, the reassurance is like, Hey, only like a few people will even know about this. Yeah. Just come on. It's just me and you having a conversation. No one's actually going to know. <laughs> it's yeah, all I have good. thought of like, <laughs> we're not going to talk about like, anything that this pot, this actual podcast has to do with, we're not talking about, we're not going to talk about work. We're not going to talk about business. Let's talk about like how you're having a kid or like how, you know, that's going that that's all we'll talk. That's like the only way I feel like we could get some, but I also think that's, that is like in the lane of this, like, I don't know, maybe not as often as we even niche down even more where we don't even talk about, like we don't even talk about like bootstrapping. (laughs) The first rule about bootstrapping is we don't talk about. Yeah. I think, I I think people like that. Yeah. It's what, it I mean, it's part it of life. Like, it's part of why we bootstrap, you know, I mean, or not bootstrap specifically, but it's part of why a lot of people choose to like do their own thing and do it a little differently and all that, like the calm company kind of thing. Like, I think it's part of it, a big part of it. So. Dude, almost, almost every person that I know that raised money, significant money, almost every single person is like that I talk to now, whether they're out of that thing or they're still in the thing or like, dude, I just... I hate this. Like I want, I so badly want to like whatever I do next. I'm, I'm not taking money. Yeah. So I guess, uh, it's, it kind of makes sense intuitively. If you think like people start their own thing to have like control and optionality. And then like you raise a bunch of money with a VC track and it's like, you take away a huge portion of like that optionality. Yeah. So even though it may end up being great, like, um, it's just feels like you lost something that you went looking for a little bit. So yeah, yeah. not that okay. I would know. Last thing we got to just, I got to throw this tip of the week out oh, because yeah. I feel like a moron. <laughs> I just threw it in. It, it's on our bolded list here. Um, so yeah, we were, yeah, we were talking early, earlier this, this week. Suddenly I saw some news or whatever about, uh, I don't know which company it was, but they were like advertising their, high yield savings account rate and maybe it was Robinhood. I can't remember what it was, but 
and it was like four, it was like over 4%. And I was like, wait, what is that? a What is this? Is this a typo? Is this really is this, a high is yield? This, is, is this, this a crypto? savings account? What is this? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, what? Wait, this isn't, I, this, this is not real. This can't be real. But apparently this has been, and for those of you that already like, you're like, yeah, duh, just, you can just get off the podcast now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for, for the big section of people that are probably like me and they're working and doing different things and you're not always paying attention about what the heck is going on with, you know, savings account rates. Um, I was unaware of this and like many people, I, you know, I have, like, well, in America, it's like you have Chase Bank, you have Bank of America or Wells Fargo, or one of these big banks. I had Chase. I still do. But um, the savings account rate, like I checked, mine was like point, it was 0.2. And that was actually like fairly high for, <laughs> for like, it used to be something less. And like, I guess at some level they were like, oh, we're going to bump you up. <laughs> and they like bumped us up. And Look I at get you. Like, you know. I get these ni- nice little like, like $2 interest rate <laughs> yeah, yeah. things that come in. And I'm like, sweet. Um, so yeah, so it's like 0.2%. But then I'm seeing this thing where Robinhood's at like 4, 4.1% or something like that. I'm like, what? That's like half of like the, the average return of like the S&P 500. It's like 7% or whatever. And I'm like, how's that? That's not real. So then I started looking it up and like apparently a number of these sort of like internet, I don't know if they're, they're not banks. They're like internet. Uh, I guess most of them are like robo advisors. So you have like Robin hood, wealth front, betterment. Um, and there's a bunch of other ones as well. And, and even, even some of the, um, even some of the bigger companies like Amex and, uh, like PNC, I saw recently they had like over 3%, which is also amazing. Um, but yeah, there's like other, you know, dozens of of these companies that are that are giving you zero risk, you know, three to four percent interest rates w- for doing nothing. And I'm just yeah. like, what am I, for the? And this has been happening probably for like the past like year. Before that, it, it was much lower, but for the past year, it's been like pretty high. And even even if it was like two percent, like that's still like you know obviously so much higher. And so, anyways, I immediately moved like you know. 80% of my money to one of these savings accounts. It was super, I, I used Wealthfront. It was super easy. I mean, it took me like, it took me less than five minutes to set up an account, which also was like, what? This is, why am I ever using yeah. any of these other Welcome things? to 20, yeah, welcome to the like 21st century of banking. Like, yeah, so I got, yeah, I got, uh, moved over a lot of money there. Um, they also, the interesting thing too is that they have, so most of these Bigger banks have, they're like FDIC insured for uh, like, I think up More to like 200, yeah, like 200, 250, 250K. Um, most of these robo advisor, internet banks, whatever you want to call them, they're up to like 2 million because something about how they, um, they like they split work it out with, they split it yeah. out across multiple banks and they get to take advantage of like all that combined or something. Um, and they even have, they even utilize some of these other banks that they work with as partners. They utilize their, um, infra- like a branch infrastructure. So like, even though they're internet based and you normally like wouldn't be able to have like a branch, they will actually use these partners and you, you still have like a thousand branches that you could go to if you needed to pull out money, like f- physically pull it out. Um, but you could also just also have your old chase account and just leave a little bit of money yeah. in there and pull stuff out if you need to, for like a haircut where they don't take cards, for example. which is what I do. <laughs> that <was> my, ex- <laughs> my only example of when I take cash out. Um, yeah. but anyways, I, I just thought that like, again, like there's probably some people that are thinking I'm an idiot. And I also, uh, thought that I was a moron for not knowing this. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, like, you slacked me and you were like, wait a second. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, I go, I, wait, wait, wait a second. Am I, <laughs> am I crazy or is this like real? Uh, I mean, it's, it is pretty crazy. I guess it has to do, it sounds like it has to do with, um, the fed interest rates going up. And then also, uh, apparently, apparently like after the 2008 collapse, all the banks basically took their interest rates down to zero and <clears throat> the savings account interest rates. And then, they just never went up and nobody left them as like people didn't leave 
as customers. So they just never brought it up. Like the bigger companies just never brought it up. And then you've had all these sort of like upstarts, like, um, uh, another one was SoFi, like SoFi, Betterment, yeah. Wealthfront. A lot of them were using it as like, uh, like a bootstrapping technique of like, mm-hmm. we're a new bank. How do we get customers? Oh, just, yeah. just give them a bunch of, I mean, it was like a they were always sort of higher. healthier version of the crypto attempt yeah. where it's like 8% returns if you put your Bitcoin in here, Yeah, uh, they were, but actually they, real money. Yeah. And the, it sounds like they were always higher, but it wasn't like significant enough for where it would make sense for you to actually like, okay, I'm going to like move my money over literally immediately. Yeah. <laughs> As you start to get into upper twos, it's like, okay, this is a no brainer. And then of course, now that it's in the fours, like there's no reason why you should have your money sitting there making no money in chase yeah. or something. We should do like an off topic episode where I just talk about how much random time I've spent in this lane the past like two years. I've spent not as much. I'm sure there's people out there who spent way more energy in this, but given my limited uh, free time, I've spent a lot of it trying to like change, like engineer our personal finances in a different way, like literally like automating most of it, hopefully. Um, so I think I was more just lucky that I was already doing a lot of that, um, that I was just already exposed, but I would say like, thanks for to the me, tip, bro. Yeah. Sorry. But I, I'm like, so in it that I'm like, no one wants to, no one cares about this. this well, is no, like so that's specific. the thing is like, people don't typically talk about money that much. <laughs> as soon as I found out about it, I like put it on every social media channel. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and it, I wasn't well, meaning it wasn't about like getting like you know, people being like, Oh, street cred. It was like, literally like, dude, you need to do this. I told my parents, I told like everyone I knew. And a lot of people that I, a lot of people that, that, yeah. Yeah. A bunch of people are like, what? They like, nobody knew about it. That's why I think my tip is like, obviously the, like the smarmy tip here is like, stay in touch with what's going on in every pocket of the world and like whatever, keep a (laughs) finger on the pulse or whatever. But like, that's, I would say the easy way out for this is if you, it, Cause I have uh, USAA, like a tradition, more, tradi- they're still not fully like bank of America. They're better than like those other ones, but more basic banking sort of thing. It's like, if you have that, I would suggest getting one of these like neo bank type things, even if you don't put a bunch of money into it and just have, cause a it's, it's a cool experience. Like you said, like to feel what banking would be like if it were invented today, it's like, Oh, this is so much better. Like everything is easy. Um, and then also, yeah, you can like, get yourself like access to certain things that the old banks just don't like you think about all the other stuff they have going on. And a lot of them have all these like massive private wealth management things and all these like mortgage lending arms. And it's like someone who starts a neo bank, they can focus on like the core consumer banking experience. So it's pretty cool to try. So I would suggest at least like if you had just had one of those accounts in your hands, you would have seen it like come through like an email or something, you know? So I would suggest just signing up and like, this is like the year of us being like, yeah, we're like, we also got like mercury and now I'm just like, what the, like, what have we been doing? Like, what have we been doing the past like five years? That's that's another saga, but yeah. Yeah. That's another boring podcast. The, I was looking the one thing that I have to look into is you can, you can take out lines of credit, um, on like your portfolio of investments like that's just like a thing people do. And like during the heyday, which was like a couple of years ago, like basically you could take it out at 0% interest. Um, so I'm interested to know like what that's at now, uh, because if it's less than 4.05%, then I'm just about to go take a, not a bunch, but like, I mean, you might as well take some out and then just go put it in there. Like it doesn't make, you're literally just going to make profit on it and it's like yeah. a no risk and it's no risk. So it's like, it doesn't make, I don't know. It just seems, I think those things it's are just crazy. Related. I just, I'm I mean, like, those numbers are typically related. Like yeah. their, their movements. Cause it's like the cost, the cost of the banks well, to you, borrow money. Yeah, exactly. Well, the interest fed interest rate went up. So then yeah. that interest rate's going to go up. But I just wonder like, wh- what is it? Cause it was, it was like zero before. So like, I don't know. Well, especially if, if you're, if you're looking at different financial institutions, like you said, like you, yeah. maybe there's like arbitrage between like some random bank and some other old bank. And it matters how much you have like in the portfolio. Like, I just don't know. So I'm just going to ask and find out. And if it makes sense, then it's like an easy, that's basically like arbitrage. It's <laughs> like, what I should, I? yeah. Just going to take it out people. and put it in there. Like, but yeah, you should tell your family. I mean, 
everybody should tell their family. This is, yeah, this is important. I mean, I like, I don't know. It's just like, a, it's a no brainer. Like if you're, you're just making, I mean, it's a, like, if you put a hundred thousand, I mean, it's a lot of money, but like if you put a hundred thousand dollars in, that's the difference between $4,000 and $0. So boom. <laughs> yeah. free money. Boom. Yeah. You would go on your, go on a vacation or something like it's like easy money. Yep. This has been your business, your personal finance tip of the week. My first personal finance tip of our podcast after three years. There you go. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I think, I think you've done one. some crypto. We've talked about some. Random <laughs> oh stuff. yeah. Some good. <laughs> yeah. Definitely don't go, have back to go back and listen to those. Those are, uh, we'll have, yeah, we'll do some clipping for the old episodes too. So yeah. Awesome. Well, sweet. All right. Until next time. All right. See ya. See ya.